Welcome to the Basic Money Matters Show, where we take the complicated financial parts of your life and business and make it easy for you to understand. We discuss tools and tips to help you manage your personal and business finances. Are you ready to get your finances in order? I am your host, Annette Sullivan, Certified Public Accountant and CEO of Temple Management Consulting. And I am so very excited that you have decided to join us today, the Basic Money Matters Show. We cover a host of topics, personal finance-related topics, business finance-related topics. On today, we're excited to share with you some financial tips, particularly for women. In 2021, we started a series relating to financial success for women. And we had about three or four podcasts in that series, and we thought it would be great to continue in that series. Uh, We've got some really, really good feedback on it. And so today on this episode, we want to discuss planning for marriage, financial tips for women as you plan for being married. Now, you may say, well, I'm already married. Well, this still applies to you because guess what? Some of these things you may never have done um, prior to your getting married. And so now would be a good time. But for you ladies who are engaged or thinking about getting married, it's an exciting time for you. And right now, most of what you're doing involves the wedding, planning for the wedding, picking out invitations, deciding whether you're going to serve chicken or fish or whatever you're going to serve at the reception, who to invite, where you're going to have your wedding, all of those things. But there's one aspect of a marriage that you certainly should not overlook now. While you are planning, in your planning stages of your wedding, you will want to take a look at how marriage is going to impact your financial situation. And I understand there will be a number of issues that you will need to think about, but careful planning can increase. If you carefully plan, it can increase the likelihood that you will have financial success as you enter this new chapter in your life. So we're going to share just some very simple tips, maybe about five or six, that you should consider as you are planning to be married. And for those who are already planning, this is by way of review or some of these things You'll need to, if you've been married for 10, 15, 20 years, you, you'll probably say to some of these tips that, wow, we never did this. 
and how things are going now, we need to incorporate tip number three or tip number five. So here we go. Now, this is from a very practical standpoint. Many of you, uh, I'm not an expert on uh, prenuptial agreements and, and don't pretend to be, but these things are out there. This is just to make you aware for those who are in a position that you may have to consider such. I just bring it up uh, for uh, you to notate if either you or your future spouse has or may inherit substantial assets or, you know, have or just have in uh, substantial assets. Or if either of you have children from previous marriages, you may want to consider a prenuptial agreement. And a prenuptial agreement is a binding contract between future spouses. And that binding contract pretty much defines the rights, the duties, and the obligations of the parties during marriage. And in the event of legal separation or an annulment, divorce, or death. So it's it applies to during the marriage, all the rights and duties and obligations, and those also apply in the event of some type of separation, divorce, annulment, or death in the marriage. So a prenuptial agreement typically addresses several areas. It will typically address assets and liabilities, like what what assets will each of you bring into the marriage? What debts do each of you have separately that you're bringing into the marriage? A prenuptial agreement may typically also address how much each of you uh, will be contributing. Will there be particular consideration given for special contributions that either of you Make, what are you contributing to the marriage? Divorce. The prenuptial agreement typically addresses divorce. If you and your future spouse divorce, will there be alimony or a lump sum payment? How will you divide assets that you purchased from joint funds? And the prenuptial agreement will also typically uh, discuss and address estate planning. For example, who gets what at the death of either spouse? So that's a prenuptial agreement that may, may or may not apply to you. But tip number two will apply to absolutely everyone, whether you're already married have been married for a year, 20 years. Well, obviously, if you've been married for 20 years, you will know financial history, but this is primarily for new, new, uh, newly married people or about to be married people. And that tip is discuss your financial history. Everybody has a financial history. And what does that really, really mean? 
you know, this is the time as you're talking about all of these things relating to a wedding. We have to be very practical when it comes to money. And we have to, people often don't like to talk about money, uh, particularly if they've had difficulties with money in the past and have some debts and some things that are what they may consider luggage. But the more you both know prior to saying I do, the better off you will be when it comes to this area. And that is finances. So because we all know marriage is the union of two separate individuals and therefore marriage is the union of the finances of two separate individuals. So once we, we once again, while we know that talking about money can be stressful for many couples, you absolutely want to sit down and discuss your financial history. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. You shouldn't be embarrassed because you are about to live the rest of your life with this individual. So you should be prepared to, open to, both of you sitting down and discussing your financial history and your future spouse's financial history before before you merge your money. So you want to start out by taking a look, taking a very hard look, both of you, at each of your respective financial situations. You should each make a list of your individual assets. So what we mean by that is you're going to list out all of the cash that you have, your investments, your real estate, all, uh, all types of property, personal property, jewelry, all of your assets, even including your automobiles. So you, as a woman, you'll have your own list of all of your assets. And then after you list all of your assets, you will list all of your liabilities or slash debt. So for example, the balances of student loans, the balances of your mortgage, if you already had a home, the balance of any, every single credit card debt that you have. So you must list these balances as of the point in time that you're actually doing this. So if you're doing this on uh, December the 31st, you will bring or gather those uh, statements that are closest to December 31st, credit card statements, student loan statements, all of the statements that show the balances, how much is left on the balance. We're not talking about what the payments are. We're just talking about the balance at this point in time. So young lady, you will have your own list of assets and your uh, list of debt and your future spouse will also prepare his list. Now this is the, also the time to address items uh, such as how much 
do you both earn on your job? And if either of you have additional sources of income, second jobs, uh, interest or dividends or things of that nature, you want to address, address all aspects of your financial history. What do you have? We encourage you both to list everything and not leave anything out. You both must be aware of how much debt you are going into the marriage with. It's not just your debt. It is the debt of your future spouses as well. Is going to dictate, you know, the direction that you'll go when it's time for you to purchase major items, whether you will be, uh, Uh, obtaining credit on a joint basis or individually, depending upon your financial history. So it's important to go into the marriage knowing um, what both of you have. It's just very, very important. So take the time to do that. Number three, agree on a system for budgeting your household, your future household, and agree on a system for maintaining bank accounts. How are you going to budget? What system is going to work for you as a couple? And how are you going to maintain bank accounts? So right now, you are probably accustomed to managing your finances in a way that is comfortable for you and you alone. But once you are married, you and your spouse will have to agree on a system for budgeting your money and paying your bills together as a couple. It is best to talk about this and agree upon this prior to getting married with all of the information on the table by having listing out your financial history. Either of you can agree to be in charge of managing the household budget, or you can take turns keeping records and paying the bills. Whatever works best, the most important thing is that you have the discussion You decide on who has the best capabilities of doing this uh, for the family, or it could be done jointly. If both of you are going to be involved in the budgeting process, make sure that you develop a record-keeping system that you both understand and agree upon. So you both need to understand the system. You can't develop a system, electronic system, using a fancy spreadsheet or or some type of software. You agree that both of you will be involved, but only one of you understand. So you will need to uh, take the time to train the other if you're adamant about using that system or decide on the system that is simpler that you both can utilize. In addition, you will want to keep your records 
in some type of joint filing system so that both of you can easily locate important documents. So you need to plan ahead and say, this is the file cabinet or this is the, the office or this is the room or this is the area where these very, very important financial uh, and other documents are going to be maintained. Now, once you agree on a budgeting system, you'll be able then to establish a budget. And you begin by listing all of your income and expenses, you know, for over a certain period of time, for example, monthly. And of course, your sources of income will include all the obvious things like your wages, uh, interest income that you earn or any significant dividend income. And then you're going to take your expenses and then you're going to divide those expenses into two major categories or well, into two major categories. And, and they would be uh, the fixed category and the discretionary category. So by doing that, if you have to pull the plug, if you uh, run into a situation where you've got to cut your budget, you're probably going to go to the discretionary category first. Fixed expenses are things that you are committed. They're usually the things that are the highest priority in the household. And we all know keeping on the lights, the gas, a roof over your head, and food on the table is more important than absolutely anything else. Your discretionary expenses are things that you can more easily pull the plug on and not do vacations, entertainment, and the like. Make sure that when you are preparing or preparing a system or methodology to do a, a family budget, you must include uh, the occasional expenses or those expenses that are not paid every month or every quarter, but in some cases they come up like car maintenance you may be on a regular schedule, but you may only do maintenance whenever something happens. So you're going to have to put an amount in your budget. So when it does happen, you're not wondering where these funds are going to come from. So to help you and your future spouse stay on track with your budget, try to make budgeting part of your regular routine. Now, I would say daily, and I'm going to say daily, but most people don't have time to, to spend on their budget or doing money management things on a daily basis. I don't. But you need to make it part of a regular routine. So decide what regular means for you, weekly or monthly. But at a minimum, it should be monthly. To help you and your future spouse stay on track with your budget, you should build some occasional rewards into your budget, going to the movies, things of that nature, a nice, uh, a small staycation or vacation or whatever. Build that in. We have to enjoy ourselves. Examine your budget regularly, your family budget, and adjust and make changes as needed together. Now, this might also be a good time to decide whether 
you and your future spouse will combine your bank accounts when you get married or keep them separate. Now, while maintaining a joint bank account does have some advantages, for example, easier record keeping, uh, obviously lower maintenance fees, and it's just simpler by just having, you know, the one, it is sometimes more difficult to keep track of the flow of money when two people have access to one account because both of you are spending from that account. So you may decide "Mm, it works best for us to have a joint account for some expenses, maybe our fixed expenses, and then maybe our discretionary expenses we do differently, whatever that looks uh, for you. Uh, But just really the most important thing is to think about the bank account situation, uh, intentionally think about it and discuss it uh, with your future spouse. If you do decide to combine your accounts. Each spouse should be responsible for updating the checkbook ledger when he or she writes a check or withdraws fund. Now, if you if you have a combined account and you're both spending out of the account, I mean, you know, of course, you can make the decision whether one person will maintain the checkbook ledger, but more than likely you're going to be having to ask your spouse all the time, what did you spend this? What was this $20 for that you withdraw? Oh, what, uh, what was this for over here? So you're going to have to deal with that. Determine how you're going to handle that. If you are okay with asking questions um, uh, about that and having just one person update the ledger, that's fine. The only thing that matters is that you discuss it and commit to it and do it that way. So that's the discussion around uh, bank accounts. Let's talk about mapping out your financial future together. So an important part of financial planning as a couple is to map out your financial future together. You're like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of work. What does that really mean? I just want to get married. I just want to get the best, the beaut- the most beautiful dress that I possibly can. I just want a beautiful wedding and a, just a fabulous honeymoon. Well, when you come back, you'll have to deal with bills. You will also have to deal with life. And it's better to have a plan of action already in place. So... Mapping out a financial future together involves questions such as these. Where do you see yourself next year? You're asking your spouse. You're asking yourself. And as you talk about these things, you'll begin to discover probably some things that you didn't even know about each other. What about five years from now? Where do you see yourself You ask your future spouse that question, you just may find out that actually they really don't plan on being in the same job that they're in now. They actually want to change careers. I mean, it can be very enlightening when you start asking questions like that. And it's really good to know for yourself. And it's a very introspective and it can only be good for you as a couple. Do you want to buy a home together? Very 
Very, very important question. If so, how long do we think that'll be before we're able to buy a home? Ask yourself these things before getting married. If you decide to start a family, if you've already asked the question that whether or not you want to start a family, have children, you should further ask, would one of you stay at home while the other focuses more on his or her career? Let it not be an afterthought or a um, something that you decide the last minute. It's, it's really good because if you talk about this ahead of time and you decide that I know that I want to be a stay-at-home mom or dad and allow the other person to focus on their career, then that decision can incorporate, that can be incorporated in your planning now. If you decide that you probably want to start a family three years from now and one of you will want to stay home, that's a good three years to start building up savings and planning to be able to pivot and uh, be able to accomplish that with a little more ease because you have planned for it. Another question or observation, together you should both make a list of short-term financial goals. For example, uh, a a short-term financial goal may be just simply paying off the wedding debt or saving for graduate school or paying off student loans. If both of you have student student loans and your highest priority is for both of you to pay that off, then that'll be your short-term financial goal, one of them. Then you're going to make as a couple a list of your long-term financial goals, and that will always involve retirement, retirement goals. Once you have decided on your financial goals, you can prioritize them by determining which ones are most important to each of you because they probably will not be equally important. After you've identified which of those goals are a priority, you can set your sights on working on achieving those goals together. So number five, credit and debt issue. Resolve any outstanding credit or debt issues, if you can, before getting married, if you can. But at a minimum, you should at least know what they are for both of you before getting married. Now, since having good credit is an important part of any sound financial plan, you will definitely want to identify any potential credit or debt problems that either of you have or may have and try to resolve them now rather than later. Once again, you should both order copies of your credit reports and review them together. You are entitled to a free copy of your credit report from each of the three major credit reporting agencies once every 12 months. You just simply need to go 
to annualcreditreport.com, annualcreditreport.com for more information. Now, for the most part, you are not responsible for your future spouse's past credit problems, but their past credit problems can prevent you from getting credit together as a couple after you are married. So you both need to know what they are, what potential um, stumbling blocks you may have. You'll be aware. So going into the marriage, you may be aware until certain things are resolved. You may not have certain things uh, in uh, joint accounts because of this. Or if you want to buy, make large purchases, you are already prepared to use one, uh, one person's credit only and that person who has the stronger credit. Knowledge is power. Even if you have always had spotless credit, You may be turned down for credit cards or loans that you apply for together if your future spouse has a bad track record with creditors. You want to know now. Your future spouse needs to know now if if that is you. It doesn't matter what it is. What matters most is that you're both aware and as a couple, you are going to deal with it. Now, as a result, if you find that either one of you uh, does have credit issues, uh, you might want to consider keeping your credit separate until until uh, all of this is resolved. You or your future spouse's credit uh, record improves. And the next point or tip we have is consider integrating employee and retirement benefits. If you and your future spouse have separate health insurance coverage, you'll want to do some type of cost benefit analysis of each of those plans to see if you should continue to keep your health coverage separate. So a cost benefit analysis basically is What does this particular um, health insurance policy cost me and what are those benefits? So you're going to look at your cost benefit analysis uh, for your health insurance coverage and then for uh, his health insurance coverage. If your future spouse's health plan has a higher deductible and or copayment or or fewer benefits than, than your plan, Uh, He or she might want to join your plan instead. But the most important thing is that you're looking at both of your health insurance plans and making a decision um, to either keep them as they are separately or uh, get one plan that is a married plan. You can keep them as as they are and have two separate single plans, but that may not be the most cost efficient thing. And you will not know unless you look at what you're both paying for premiums with your companies for these plans and what are the deductibles, the co-pays, and then making a decision uh, uh, based on all of that information. In addition, if both you and your future spouse participate 
in an employer-sponsored retirement plan like a 401k, you both should be aware of each plan's characteristics. Plans can be different as to uh, how they match, the matching contributions. Plans will be different from company to company in terms of the investment options, the loan provisions. So you need to review each plan together as a couple carefully uh, and determine which retirement plan provides the better benefits. Or obviously you may you can keep both plans. If you can afford to, you should each participate to the maximum in your own plan. Always encourage individuals to maximize their contributions in your 401k plan. It's one of the best things that you can do for your financial future. Meaning if the maximum that you can contribute to your 401k is 10% a year or 12% a year, if that is possible for you to do, do it. Those funds will grow and you will look up five, 10 years from now and you will have a very nice retirement plan going for you. And number six, and final, insurance coverage needs. And this is all about planning for marriage before the marriage, financial things, financial related things that you and your future spouse need to discuss and review and analyze and make decisions about ahead of time. Now, while you might not have felt the need for life and disability insurance when you were single, once you are married, you may find that you and your future spouse, you really are financially dependent on each other. Okay? If you don't have life or disability insurance, you will want to have policies in place in order to make sure that your Future spouse's financial needs will be taken care of if you should die prematurely or become disabled and vice versa. You're going to likely be living as a two-earner household, two-income earner household, and which means that your budget will be based on two incomes. So if something happens to either one of you and now you have one income, but that's where life insurance comes in. If you have planned for and provided for and put in place a policy, your policy should be uh, uh, substantial enough to, to replace your uh, deceased spouse's income for a number of years. So that policy is not in place just to pay for a funeral, but it is a basically a uh, income replacement policy as well. Um, so if you already have life and disability insurance, you should reevaluate the adequacy of your current coverage and make sure you update any beneficiaries uh, that you have designated right now. Under the insurance category, 
before you get married, you're going to look at auto insurance, check your policy limits and consider pooling or pulling together jointly your auto insurance policies with one company. You have company A, he has company B. If you go to one company, all the vehicles, you'll likely save money. They will give you a discount for multiple vehicles. And finally, as for homeowners insurance or renters insurance, you will want to make sure your personal property and possessions jointly, the all of your personal property and possessions together are adequately covered. These are sensible things to do as you are planning to get married. You'll, you're already spending a lot of time together dating. You're already spending a lot of time talking, watching movie, having a great time. But then there are plenty of opportunities when you can start uh, uh, tackling some of these financial related uh, issues and discussions. Give yourself plenty of time to do so. And you will be very, very happy that you did most, if not all of these things. This is all about planning for your financial future as a spouse. So with that said, that is the end of our discussion on today. And we really do, we really do appreciate you listening to our episode once again. We thank you for joining us for the Basic Money Matters show. All of our shows are broadcast on hindsightmediaradio.com, where there is always something good to talk about. You can also find us on TuneIn Radio, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to tune in for the next episode of Basic Money matters.